for a round of applause. You're welcome, you're welcome. Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? Doing well? It is an honor to be here with you this morning. Uh, come from Cleveland, Tennessee, two hours east of Nashville. And uh, But uh, you know something that we we learned in 2020 is that the gathering is sacred. And here, us today, being in this same room, Jesus said, whenever two or three are gathered in my name, whether you be in a park or a living room or a cathedral or a concert hall in my name, it's sacred and it's holy. And uh, I don't know about you, but that season, we came out of that season, we learned a lot in 2020. Uh, we learned a lot of good things. We also learned a lot of things that we needed to grow up in. I don't know about you. And, uh, and the Lord is still doing things out of that season. But um, I uh, just want to bring greetings from our church back home. Uh, I'm title, schmidles, titles don't really matter that much to me, but uh, I'm assistant or associate pastor, Living Word Church. Uh, our senior pastor is uh, Pastor Evan Cockrum. Uh, he's actually over with Noel this morning, and uh, they're over there. Uh, I trust that they're having a good time, probably not as good a time as us this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, just the presence of the Lord, just very, very sweet in this place, and uh, very sweet to be with you all. Uh, our, our home church there is uh, Apostolic. We call it an Apostolic Training Sending Center. We're actually not a very large church. We're probably 200 or less adults. Uh, but we have uh, churches that have been planted all over the world. We believe uh, we believe in sowing and sending. We believe in the Great Commission. We believe in missions. And uh, honestly, really uh, reminds me a little bit as I've been here just for a few days. Uh, we got connected with you. Uh, Pastor Evan came on a trip with Ray Hughes and got connected with Noel and you all. And uh, but uh, realize something about our church, and I really believe this about Ireland is that Ireland, even like the nation of Israel, is a small people with a big footprint. And uh, your influence is felt all around the world. Uh, many of the things that have been realized because of Ireland and the influence of the Irish all around the world, uh, some, of it, some of it is just, just out of just fame in this world's things, but I know there is a destiny and a call, a loud prophetic voice on Ireland. Uh, really, I was just, as I was praying last night, I like the Lord just reminded me, this is a nation of prophetic song. Uh, Ireland loves music, yes? Uh, we were driving down the road the other day, and Tom, Thomas, and Noel were singing the most ridiculous bar songs you could even imagine. And uh, we, had to, we had to pray for five minutes for Jesus to come back to the car after they were done. Uh, but uh, but it, was, uh, it was just a reminder to me that uh, this is a land of song, of folk song. Uh, but really those things, there is a destiny the Lord has. The enemy always has a parallel, fake, false uh, destiny that runs alongside. But there is a destiny on you and your people to be a prophetic song to the earth. And so I want to encourage you something that we've been doing in this season. We've, we've realized that uh, singing is also sacred. And so I want to encourage you, we are going to gather around the throne, all of us, every tribe, every nation. And uh, right now, we've recognized in this season, we are in a dress rehearsal for heaven. 
Anybody ever been to a, a concert? Have a favorite band, a favorite concert, a favorite show? Anybody ever show up early for a concert? Anybody show up stupid early, like ridiculous early for a concert? Anybody, what's the earliest you've ever showed up for a concert? Who's, come on, who's the winner? What's the earliest you've ever showed up? Like, like an hour ahead of time? Hour ahead, two hours? Two hours, anybody got him beat two hours before concert? No, he's the most ridiculous in the room. That's good. But what the Holy Spirit showed us was in this hour, Jesus is being drawn to center stage all over the earth. I don't know if you can see it or not, but we recognize in 2020, the earth was shaken in 2020. And Jesus is being moved to center stage. Psalm chapter 2 says, says why do the nations rage? Uh, why do the, the kings of the earth, they take their stand? What do they take? Why are the nations raging? What does it say? says they're taking their stand not against governments, not against powers. They're not taking stands for economic. We, they think we're, we're shaking because of economic reasons, because of financial reasons, because of, of virus, because of restrictions. That's not why the earth is shaking. The Bible says in Psalm 2 that the earth is shaking because the nations are taking their stand against the Lord and his anointed one. And so what that means in this hour, as we are approaching the end, at the very end, you realize that we will all, all of the earth, believer and non-believer, will be gathered at the seat of Christ and we will see him face to face, right? And so what is happening in this hour, just in the same way that this goofball showed up two hours early for a concert, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, they are coming to the front row way ahead of time. And so in this hour, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, we're being drawn, we're being drawn to the front row. And if you, if you have ears to hear them, you'll get to the front row before everybody else. In this hour, there's something about gathering and singing the simplicity of worship and praise and honoring his name. Just whisper his name. Uh, it's just, it's just, I'm just overcome. I don't, I just, I, I, I don't, I, I'd really rather not be overcome sometimes. But in this place of just worship, it's just overcoming. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? It's, it was almost, we realized this in 2020. In that season, we came out with a renewed first love. You remember what it was like when you were first saved? You remember when Jesus, when you just said the name of Jesus and tears came out of your eyes? You remember that? How everything was new? I, I remember when I was a 20-year-old and we, we would gather in a college small group. I remember being outside in a college small group and 20 or 30 of us. And we were singing, and we sang the same line for probably 30 minutes. And I remember at that moment as we were sitting there, I recognized that I was, I was connecting with this God that I could not see in a way. And it was more real than anything I've ever experienced on earth. You know what I'm talking about. And we, have, we, we came back to it in 2020. And I'm trusting that you're experiencing the same thing in 2020. It was like we were doing some of the same things, but we were experiencing that first love anointing again. Being drawn back to a place of first love anointing. Did, did we recognize that in this hour? Just a place of just the, the simplicity of Jesus. The simplicity of his name. The simplicity of gathering. And so I just want to say to you, uh, Hebrews says, don't grow weary in doing well. It says, it says, it says don't forsake the gathering. And so your being together is something holy and sacred. Don't, don't, don't take it for granted. I don't think we do uh, near as much as what we used to because of what we all went through. But I want to bring you a word uh, just out of Ephesians. It's going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. If you've got a Bible or a phone, you can go ahead and go there. We're going to be camped in Ephesians for the most part today. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to just share a few things. I don't really know exactly where I'm going to land. But I want to just speak a few things to you. And I would really love to pray for you at the end for a little bit uh, if we have time to do that. And so 
Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 2. I'm going to read through a few verses, and then we're actually going to work backwards. It says this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2. I'm in the NIV for those of you who are following on the screen, different things. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. This is the Apostle Paul. Verse 3. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men and other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God, Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery, that through the gospel of the, uh, the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together with one body, shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel. Anybody ever heard good news? What do you do with good news? You share it. Paul says, listen, this, this gospel, this news was so good that I didn't just share it. I literally said, this news is so amazing. I am going to serve it for the rest of my life. I'm going to give my life to this news. I, he says, I became a servant of this gospel, the good news, by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Verse 8, although I am less than the least of all God's people. What's he talking about? Just a few years before this, uh, he was, you, you know, you probably know the story, that he was, he was not the, the great uh, apostolic uh, father uh, to, to churches and, and Pastor Timothy and the Ephesians. He was not the leader that he was. He was a persecutor. He was a murderer. And so he says, listen, I am the least of all of God's people. And he goes on to say, he says, uh, it was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9, and to make plain to everyone the administration. The administration means the working out, uh, the, the working through, the expression of this mystery, which for the ages was kept hidden in God, who created all things. I love this, verse 10. But his intent was that now, what time? Now. That now through the church, that's you, that's you and me, that's us, all around the world, believers around the world, that the manifest wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms, According to his eternal purpose, which he could accomplish in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So in 2019, the Lord began to speak to me. I've read this verse. I've read this verse many, many times. Uh, but when I saw this in 2019, I saw the unsearchable riches of Christ. And used to, I'd read over it and I thought, boy, that sounds really cool. I don't know if you've ever read something in the Bible and you think that sounds really neat, but you're like, eh, I'm not really sure what it means. It sounds like really kind of cool thing out there floating around, but I'm not sure how that applies to my life. But when I read it in, in 2019, I realized if Paul is preaching unsearchable riches, this is not just, these are not just something, uh, not just a, a, a fun word or a nice word, a pretty word that he uses. These are real. These are tangible. This is something that he had experienced. This is something that he knew by, says the mystery had been revealed to him. And now he said, it's my, it's my commission by Jesus Christ himself to proclaim to the Gentiles, to the entire world, us and that world out there, it's our job to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ. Unsearchable. Unsearchable, what that means is, is you can't find the end. You can't literally get there. It's not possible to get to the end. So Paul says, I am preaching something that is far beyond our, what we can grasp, what we can touch, but it is very, very real. And so in 2019, he began to, uh, 
he began to speak to me. I, 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 and I, I couldn't get away from this phrase, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And if they are real and if they are out there, you know what that means? It means they're yours to have in him. I love this phrase. The father, the father he, said, he said, listen, he said, you know, I love you 100%. I love you 100%. You know the father loves you 100%. But he said the percent that you live in is completely up to you. I love you 100%. The percent that you live in is entirely up to how far you will say yes, how much you will receive. And so it's the same thing, the same principle of the riches of Christ is that he has given us. I want to read, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And I said, Lord, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Spirit, what are the riches? If these are real things that the Apostle Paul says, I was, it was commissioned to me, it was given to me, this grace to preach the unsearchable riches. I said, what in the world are they? Because I want to know. I want to know if, these are, if this amazing treasure chest of heaven has been given to us, I want to know what they are. And it felt like the Holy Spirit says, it's real simple, Bob, go back to Ephesians 1. Let's go through a few verses. I want to, I want to show you some things and tell you a couple stories. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul starts off and he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Where does it say? Where has he blessed us at? In Christ, he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. The first thing is this. is when we're talking about the riches of Christ, uh, he said, go back to chapter 1. I want to show you some things. And he said, the very first thing that you have to understand about the riches of Christ, they're in the heavenly realms. And if you go on, uh, the riches of Christ, the riches of Christ are actually not found on planet Earth. You think, well, that's that's bad news because we live on planet Earth. That's really that's great. You've traveled all the way from Cleveland, Tennessee, to tell us that the riches of Christ are not even on Earth. It's okay because you're actually not seated on Earth. Ephesians two six says you're seated with Him. Where at? In heavenly places. I love this. Here's, here's the other thing is, you know, they tell me, uh, they tell me that people who have lots of money, I don't know a lot about this. They tell me that people who have lots of money actually keep their money in offshore accounts. Right? Anybody here have money? No, don't, 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 don't raise your hand. We don't want to know. All right. They tell me that people who are incredibly wealthy keep their money in offshore accounts. Why do they do that? What's that? Taxes. Why else? It's untouchable. You know the cool thing about if, if, if the Lord has given you all of these, how many, how many of the spiritual blessings did he give you? What does it say? How many of them? All of them. So he's given them all to you. How much you discover and you get to walk into is entirely up to the level of just your faith and your, and your tenacity to say, yes, Father, I want it. Yes, Father, I'm going to receive it. Yes, if that gift for me under the tree is mine, then I'm going to open it. Uh, and so the, the, the cool thing is this, is that he is keeping them in heavenly realms for you, and you are seated with him. What's that mean? That means that the riches of Christ are completely untouchable to the forces of this world, the spiritual forces at work in this world, to oppose. You know, they're untouchable. I love that. Every spiritual blessing in Christ, verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Do you realize that you were born to be chosen? A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people go through their entire life thinking they were, they have been rejected. They were born to be rejected. Their life was born to be difficult. But you know what? You were born to be chosen. You were on this planet because he wanted to choose you. Be chosen 
in us, in him, before the creation world, to be what? What's it say there in verse 4? To be what? Holy and blameless in his sight. When you think of yourself, do you think of, do you call yourself holy? I'm holy. Hi, I'm Bob, and I'm holy. You ever said that? No, because your name's not Bob. Have you ever walked up to somebody and say, hi, my name is, and I am holy? No. I, maybe you have. When I first read this, I was a little offended. It's like, God, I'm not holy. Stop it, Jesus. He said, no, that's what the book says. I chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and his will, do you realize it makes him happy to bring you to that place? Do you realize it brings him joy to bring you into that place as his son or his daughter and to give you all of the riches of heaven? It's not just, it's not just a contract. It's not just a formality. It's not just, it brings him delight. For any of you who are fathers or mothers in here and, and, uh, and you're even half, half of a mom or a father decent, it gives you great joy to give your son or daughter a present and see that little smile on their face. Right? And that how it works? It's the same with a father. It says, by his pleasure and his will, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse 7, in him we have been given redemption through his blood. You know, you were born for a purpose, and we, we forfeited that purpose because of sin. But he says, listen, I am going to restore everything that I had for you, for mankind. I'm restoring it back to the church. Then I'm going to reveal it to principalities and powers of this world. I'm going to show it off. Their original purpose, their original relationship, the original authority they were supposed to have, the original joy and delight and sonship that Adam and Eve had before the fall. I'm going to restore that, and it's going to bring me great joy. In him we have redemption, bought back, original purpose, original intent, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You know one of the greatest riches that we have is grace. What the Holy Spirit said, listen, it's not that complicated. He said, one of the greatest riches of Christ that we have is grace. Grace is far more amazing than we've ever known. We sing the song, Amazing Grace. We have no idea. It's far more, it's far more, far beyond anything we've ever comprehended. Grace, what I love about grace is grace is 100% patient. I've got two kids. Sometimes I was patient. Sometimes I wasn't. Sometimes I got it right. But for the most part, I, I could be very patient with my kids' imperfections. I sometimes I say, you know what? My kids are my favorite in the world, and they're not the best at everything. They're kind of they're good at some things, they're terrible at other things, they're average. They have their goof ups, but you know, they're my favorite. You know why they're fav- my, my favorite? Why? Because they're mine. God's grace. What it says is, He says, "Listen, you are my absolute favorite because you are mine. I am. I am giving what what Jesus came and He walked in and He actually earned by His life. I am now going to give you that same place of favor, authority, and joy that I have in my Son. I'm giving it to you. It's amazing. Grace is 100% patient. But you know something else about grace? Uh, Titus says that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness." cool thing about grace is it's 100% patient. It will take all the time you need to get there, but it's also 100% uncompromising. You know why? Not because, he's, not because he's impatient or angry. It's because you have an identity that is far beyond anything you've ever imagined. You have the same position as Christ himself. You have been given holiness. You have been given power. You have been given, you have been given all of his favor and all of his ability. That grace is the ability inside of you to do something far beyond anything that you've ever thought or imagined. 
And you have that. The grace, the power to walk far beyond. Do you remember who you were when you first got saved? Man, I just remember who I was five years ago. I've been a pastor for 25 years. I was, you know, I've got so many areas in my life. I look back and I just, anybody ever cringe? You look back and like, oh my gosh, oh man. Just embarrassed. Father's not embarrassed. You know why? Because of grace. There's so many things I've said, man, I, I wish I had that as a father. I wish I had what I had now. I wish I had it when my, my daughter's not out of the house. I wish I had it when she was five. I've had to, she, she sat down with me so many times. She said, Mom and Dad, you just, you did this. You, you spanked me more than you spanked Luke. I don't know, you ever heard, I don't know if you had that conversation. You had parents in there. It's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I just, I wish I didn't. You know, I wish I did different sometimes. She's my firstborn. Anybody, hard, you're hard on your firstborns. By the last, you're like, just do whatever you want, man. It's good. <laughs> but grace, the riches of grace. You know something else about grace? Grace removes all of our excuses. But he's 100% patient. He's, not, he's, he's never angry at you because you're slow getting it. But it com- grace completely removes your excuses because now you have all of the ability, all of the patience, and all of his power and strength. And it pulls you into the identity that he's already given you, not even, even, even when you're right here in this place, of when you feel like failing, dropping the ball, weakness, messing up, just, just crazy old you. He's, his grace says, no, no, I don't see you that way. The riches of his grace, it's one of the, it's one of the greatest riches, verse 8, that he lavished on us. You know, he's, he, he's, not, he's not a father with stingy pockets. He doesn't have small pockets. He just lavishes grace, his goodness, his love, his mercy. keeps on going out lavish with all men. Uh, it blew my mind when I read this. How much wisdom and understanding? What's it say? Verse 8, he lavished on us with how much wisdom and understanding? All of it. This messed with my mind. I'm like, Lord, I don't even know what to do next week as a pastor. How in the world do I have all wisdom and grace? How do I have wisdom? How do I have all wisdom and understanding? I'm begging you what to do next year, Jesus, as a pastor. He said, calm down. He said, stay right here with me, Bob. Just stay. Bridget, just stay right here. Don't, don't, don't go back to the past. Don't, don't run to the future. Stay. Bridget, I'm right here. He said, Bob, just stay right here with me. He said, what do you need to do right now? I said, I just need to look at you. He said, good. That's all the wisdom and understanding you need to have. All right, that's good. God, what about next year? He said, shh, 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 shh. What about next year? He said, stop. Don't worry about tomorrow. He said, he said, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow I have enough troubles of itself. You stay with me right here. And we found this. I, I heard Noel saying this this week. He said, you know what? We used to stress out about things. We don't stress about things now. So we just go really slow, take our time, have fun with Jesus, right? Does it sound about right? Us too. We used, we used to try to get all our plans, our five-year plan, our ten-year plan. We used to listen. The Lord's like, just, just stop. Just stop. He said, you know, it, it, even if you could get your plans right, uh, you, you could make a plan. He said, listen, I, what I really want to do is I just really want to enjoy walking with you today. Can we just have fun today? Can we just walk together today and just do that? And then do it again tomorrow, and then do it again tomorrow, and then do it again tomorrow. And occasionally, I will tell you what to do next month. Occasionally, I will tell you what to do next year. But I'm for, I want to stay with you. Just stay with me right here today. Just stay. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. I'm not truthfully, I'm not very good at it. It actually it actually takes a lot of it actually takes a lot of discipline and focus to stay with the Lord right here. Funny story. Sometimes I wake up at 4 a.m. Anybody wake up at 4 a.m. and you start to worry about the world? 
what's going on. For me, if I ever, if I ever have a, a weak moment mentally, it's like 4 a.m. I wake up in the morning. It's usually when I, I start at night. I sleep on my back. I wake up at 4 a.m. I turn over. And when I wake up, uh, most of the time I go back to sleep, but sometimes I get stuck right there, and I just my brain will start thinking, what about this, what about this, what about this? And I thought, you know, I start thinking about the end times. I start thinking crazy thoughts. I don't know if you ever think crazy. you ever think crazy thoughts about the end times? Good, praise God. Pastor Rob doesn't. Do you, Patrice? Good Lord. Y'all got mature people around here. It's good. Sometimes I think crazy things, all right? So I was there one night, and I thought, you know, my house, by a miracle, the Lord actually paid off our house this year. Blah, blah, blah. I might tell the story later. Paid off our house, and I was like, okay, cool. Own my house, but then I was like, but now, I, but then I gotta pay taxes every year. And if they, if they do this whole like mark thing, and I'm not gonna take the mark, and I'm just I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, you're you're my you're my only one, and I don't take the mark. I want to pay to pay the taxes. And then I'm gonna leave it in the woods with my family, and I don't have any food. And then I was like, y'all, y'all have CPAP machines over here? I, I got a CPAP machine. Like it's my it's my favorite thing. I've told Jenna, like if persecution comes and I go to jail, like it's I do want you to come to visit me, but the main thing is just bring my CPAP because I want to sleep at night with oxygen. And then I thought I'm going to be sleeping in the woods with my family. They'll be looking for food, and I won't have my CPAP. <laughs> you people are like, this guy's insane. He's never coming back. Pastor Rob's like, yeah, that's good. It's been fun, Bob. Never again. But I was I started to freak out. And Lord said, he's Bobby. He's like Bobby, just calm down. But he lavished all wisdom and understanding. Give the Lord has every wisdom and every understanding you need. He has it for you in the moment. All of it. I love this. He says, give us this day our what bread? Our daily bread. Isn't a semi-truck of bread better than a daily bread? Wouldn't a semi-truck be better? Right? Well, then I've got to figure out where to park it. Then I've got to figure out how to pay taxes. Then I've got to pay for the diesel fuel. Now, now all of a sudden, he's given me a truckload of bread, and I can't love him and just walk with him as father very simply because now I've got to take care of a truckload of bread. Listen, the wisdom and understanding, uh, if, if, if he keeps it simple for you right here. Daily bread. Walk with me. Stay with me. Let's keep going. Verse 10, to be put in effect when times have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, Christ. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything, in conformity with his will, the purpose of his will. Verse 12, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Verse 13, you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel for your salvation. Having believed, you are marked with him, marked in him with a seal, promised Holy Spirit. Mm. Holy Spirit. Riches of Christ. Jesus said, listen, I've, guys, I've got to go. What do you think would be better, having Jesus on the earth or Holy Spirit? Which is better, Jesus in the flesh or Holy Spirit? You're like, it's a trick question, totally question, trick question. Totally, if I say it out loud, he's going to say wrong. No, listen, I know, I know we, it's a romantic idea to think it would be wonderful to have Jesus in the flesh. But Jesus in the flesh is just with one person. Now we have his spirit living on the inside. We've been marked with Holy Spirit. You realize you, you have... You have something better than Google living on the inside. You have the presence of Jesus. You have the presence of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God inside of you. Every moment. The spirit of power. Spirit of wisdom. Spirit of counsel. Spirit of comfort. Uh, you know something uh, that he, he said He said in 2020, um, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, it says, Praise be to the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. I didn't understand what a big deal this was. 
you guys, from what I understand, there's a, there's a pretty big problem of addiction in Ireland, right? Issue of addiction. You know, addiction is really addiction is really not as much of a substance issue as much as it is a, as a comfort issue. Addiction is a comfort issue. Addiction is just addiction is just uh, it, it, it's it's just a false place of comfort. I had I for for whatever reason my trauma or my past my pain when I was seven I didn't understand how to go to father and say father I am having a rough day mom is not doing well and I need your help I need peace father we don't know how to do that at seven years old or at least I didn't I doubt that you did either. And so the only thing we know, the next thing, I, I, I saw this study, maybe you heard this study, they said they, they took mice and they put, they, put, uh, they put a mouse in a cage and he had a little cup of water, but he was all alone, mouse all alone in a, in a cage with a cup of water. He had plain water and he had a little cup of water that had cocaine in it. And then they had, they had mice all together in their little fun community over here. Have you heard this study? In a little cage. Little mice in a community over here on this, on this cage. And they both, and the, both cages had the cup of water, plain water, and a cup of cocaine water. Do you realize those mice in community had no interest in cocaine water? However, Mr. Lonely Mouse, he's an addict now. I don't know if he's free or not. He, he's been through rehab four or five times, but he, he is still there. Do you know why? Because he does not have comfort. He has no relationship. He has no friends. He has no family. And it's the same thing. Addiction is a comfort issue. Holy Spirit, he said to me in 2020, he said, Bob, I want to start dealing with the issues of trauma in your lives. Specifically you, Bob, first. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Was like, Hold on, God. I don't need trauma. Father, I was like, God, I'm, I'm a pastor. I pray with people who have trauma. I counsel people who have trauma. And, I, and I've been through some hard things, Father, but like some of the stories they tell me, Father, are un unimaginable. That's trauma. Don't tell me I had trauma, Father. He's like, no, 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 no. He said, he said, did you ever feel out of control or afraid? Did you ever feel overwhelmed? Did you ever feel, did you ever feel like you did not know what to do and you just could not handle your situation? The fact is all of us have had that moment. Sometimes it's as simple as a car accident. Sometimes it's when, again, when, when seven-year-old Bobby is in a home and mom and dad are having a screaming match and you have no idea what to do. You see dad storm out the door and mom's there left doing the dishes with tears in her eyes. And you have, you said, hey, you right. I, I, I rally my little, my little siblings and I say, let's clean the house for mom. I had no idea what to do. To this day, my wife gets upset I clean the house. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. Just clean the house. Make you feel better. I don't know. She said, stop it. The Lord said, I want to deal with trauma. Here's what he said. He said, it's imperative that I deal with the areas of trauma in your life. And he says, here's why. Because he said, if you do not allow me into your emotions to deal with the areas of trauma in your life, you will always live your life with triggers that say, in this area of my life, Jesus may be Lord of my life and coming back one day and ruling the world. But in this area of my life, the enemy, the herder, the one who hurts is way bigger than the healer. He says, it's imperative that you allow me into the areas of trauma in your life because I, you have to understand that even if you're still broken and even if it still hurts so bad that you feel half out of your mind, you have to understand that I, I am greater than whatever you're facing. And my healing power is far greater than the enemy's power to break and destroy. It's imperative. Part of the riches, he said, the part of the riches of, uh, the riches of Christ are the riches of restoration found in Isaiah 61. 
He said this, I went through a season and also in 2020, I was telling you guys on the way here, went through that season in 2020, it got so bad, my mental health, I would just drive to the woods, I'd stare at a tree for four hours, trying to find peace, trying to pray, oh God, please just help, it's all I had. Drive around the woods, just stare at trees, honey, I don't, I'm leaving, I don't know when I'm coming back, that's totally crazy talk for me, I would never do that, but I, I did that a few times in 2020. And the Lord finally said, hey, he said, hey, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to restore, I want to give you, I want to make sure that you understand, I have given you the riches of a sound mind. Second Timothy chapter 1, he says, I've given you, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, a place of demonic rule and reign. I've given you a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. I've given you the ability, the riches, a part of the riches of Christ are the riches of a sound mind. It's all in there. I'm going to wrap this up. He just says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. But then Paul, he's going down through, and what he's doing, he's outlining. We, we read right over it because we just think, oh, this is just cool spiritual talk. But no, 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 no. Every single thing that I've said is, a, is an entire volume, a library of the riches of Christ. It's unsearchable. He says this, and so in verse 15, he stops outlining the riches, and he just bursts into this prayer. He says, for this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith and the love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, and I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you what? What's it say? The spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. Verse 18, I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you would know the hope. To which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of revelation. I was praying today. I was praying today, and I was like, Lord, there's this. I've, I've, I've got a certain amount of time, and I, I want to give him this entire thing. He said, I want you to write a book. I, I'll send the book over to Pastor Rob one day. You can. You can, you can just, just catch a little bit. No matter, what, no matter what we say about the riches, we're only scratching the surface. And he said this. You have to understand that the, now because of Christ and the riches inside of you, you are the wealthiest people on the planet completely apart from your bank account. You know, I'll take it one step further. You are the wealthiest, most secure people on the earth even no matter what happens with your body. That'll mess with your head. It'll take a while. It took me a while. I'm still getting there. That's why, that's why the apostles were able to die singing hymns of praise while they hung upside down on crosses. Because they understood that their security and their well-being, the riches of their security and their life and their salvation was no longer their bank account, was no longer even what happened with their body. I will say this, that Father wants your body whole and it wants it well. He's, it, he's not okay with your body being broken in sickness. The Lord wants you whole and well, but your security is not found in your body. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to say today? And he said, listen, he said, Bob, you can preach, you can preach the next 15 weeks. And he said, unless I open their eyes, unless, unless their hearts receive it, he said, it doesn't matter what you say or how much you say. And so what I want to do here, there's, just with the time that we have left, uh, I want to just make an opportunity, if you will allow me, I would actually love the opportunity just to lay hands on you and just pray for you and bless you. Because the truth is, all of you in this room, all of you in the room came with things that you need today in one way or another. And it's not the same for each of you. Some of you have family issues going on, relationship issues. Some of you are dealing with addiction issues in your family. Some of you are dealing with money issues. Uh, the Lord has done miracle, miracle, miracle things that I don't have time to tell you about money. Uh, I will say this, that the riches of Christ, people, uh, people on earth often think, oh, the riches of Christ, I'm going to get money. If you think that the riches of Christ uh, are about money, you've actually missed it entirely. 
But I will say this, that the riches of Christ eventually do touch your money. They do affect your money because it's all part of it. But if you start there, you've missed it. Some of you have money issues the Lord wants to talk to you about because in Christ, every provision that you actually need, it's all there. All of it. And through the cross, every, every need on the planet, mental, physical, emotional, provision-wise, all of it was met in the cross. Our brains are still catching up, but our spirit actually knows it's true. So I want to just say a prayer here in closing, and then I just want to make an opportunity. I would love to pray for every one of you. If you will allow me, uh, I'm asking you that you give, just, just, I just, I don't, I'm not, I won't take long. I just want to lay hands on you and just pray to the Holy Spirit, give you a spirit of wisdom revelation and open up the eyes of your heart. So Spirit of God, I just pray right now. God, I thank you, Lord, for this amazing congregation in Bray, Ireland, the, the coast here. And I pray, Holy Spirit, God, I thank you, Lord, this, uh, this is a mighty people. I thank you, Lord, that you have called them to be a, a, a riches wealth distribution center on the coast, exporting the riches of Christ all around the world. I thank you, Father, for Pastor Rob and Patrice. I thank you, Lord, for this people. I thank you, Lord, for their tenacity, their courage. I thank you for their grit. I thank you, Lord, for the power of Christ that resides in them. I pray, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, that in this, Lord, just that you would begin something like never before. You would begin to take them on a journey into things, unseen riches, Lord. They would become more and more real than what they see with their eyes. I pray, Lord, for their minds. I, I just speak right now the riches of restoration over their emotions. I pray, Lord, I pray that you would exalt truth in their mind over every place of trauma. I pray, Lord, that you would heal unimaginable things and things that have been done to them, things that have been spoken Things, Lord, where they have been wronged in ways. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would heal and that you would restore their emotions. I pray for courage for them to say yes when you knock on the door and you say, let me in to places that you've held me out of. I pray, Lord, for the riches of a sound mind for anyone dealing with mental issues. I pray, Lord, for the riches of restoration in family, generations, fathers, sons, daughters, grandparents. I pray riches of restoration, Lord. We pray forgiveness over our fathers and our mothers, our grandparents, Lord. We pray blessing over our children and grandchildren. We thank you, Lord, that the riches of restoration extend for generations past and generations future. I pray, Lord, for the riches of creative provision for finances. I pray, Lord, for the riches of a tender heart out of Ephesians 4, the riches of a tender-hearted life in Ephesians 5. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would overwhelm them with your goodness, Lord, that they wouldn't be able to contain it. God, that it would shoot out of this place like a prophetic arrow all through the streets of the city. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up out of this place, Lord, proclaimers of the great and glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And most of all, Jesus, I pray that you reveal them that you are the riches. <laughs> Far more than anything that you could give or do, you are. You're the gift. Bridegroom King Jesus. Bless him, Father. In your name, amen.